And before that, we opened up with Teddy Pendergrass saying, can we be lovers? It's 16 minutes after 10. A-team is welcome to it. It is the Late Night Conversations with me, Patricia Ntuli. And the team in full swing, Brafinias and Dab on the technical desk. And uh, Greg Kroos in the newsroom will be back again at 11 o'clock for the final bulletin. Brapenzito Ricotzo, the man that keeps the show oiled and uh, filled with content, is uh, our content producer, a.k.a. DJ man of the show, a.k.a. he is the boss man of the show. And of course, you A-teamers, I hope you've had a great Valentine's Day, uh, if you celebrate it. Um, and I, I do hope that the weekend was great as well, and the start of this week uh, being uh, right in the middle of the month of February. I hope it's been treating you good. Let's make sure the last two hours of uh, this Monday are worthwhile for you. We're going to be talking raising the bar, and what this means is that we're having a conversation with Penny Mil- Smythe of Ethical Ways, and um, we are going to be talking uh, last following on what we had a discussion on last week around uh, whistleblowing. We asked, Can you be a whistleblower without blowing your own identity? Right, but also, we are we need to talk about the fact that once you're a whistleblower, do you get any support? Are there any groups that can help you um, to, to, to be able to? navigate once you've blown the whistle to know what and what not to do in order for you to be um, safe. I think that's most important. Penny will be joined by Cynthia Stimple, who is the courageous whistleblower. I'm sure you remember Cynthia, but she'll be joining us and and sharing her story. She's um, a very courageous whistleblower who was a group treasurer and uh, found herself directly in the way of those seeking to capture SAA. She's going to share her experience with us and uh, the sort of support group that she has come up with alongside with other colleagues and like-minded people to support those who have blown the whistle. So this is going to be a very interesting conversation. I I do hope that you'll be joining us if you've got questions, you've got comments. um, 011-714-2006 is the number you can dial in on. Alternatively, send us an SMS on 41391 or WhatsApp us on 0614104107. After 11, we are joined by our clairvoyant medium, a psychic and a healer, a spiritual master coach, Ida Kutsia, in our clairvoyant medium Mondays. Ida is going to be giving you the opportunity as an A-teamer to get your reading done. Now, today I got, you know, um, a message via the grapevine from another A-teamer on social media, just giving appreciation to Clairvoyant Medium Mondays that they've received so much relief spiritually and physically and financially because of the the Clairvoyant Mediums that we bring on the show. So I do hope that you'll be interacting with us after 11 on this Clairvoyant Medium Monday. Remember, you can't send an SMS or a WhatsApp during that time after 11. You need to call in to get your reading done. Give either your one question and your full name. And there, Bob's your uncle. You can easily get your reading, uh, whether it's around your love life, around your finances, your career, your health, your spiritual journey, whatever it may be, ask either that question. Late Night Conversations, Monday to Thursday, 10 p.m. till midnight. Social Conversations.
Well, uh, let's uh, start this conversation that's quite uh, sensitive, but one that will be an eye-opener for all of us as A-teamers. Um, we're joined by Penny Milner-Smythe of Ethical Ways for our weekly segment of Raising the Bar. And uh, today we are not only talking ethics and corruption and putting the spotlight um, on how to approach and have solutions that can move us forward in this post-Zondo commission era. So tonight we are going to continue and whistle blowing and we're also going to be joined by Cynthia Stemple who I did inform you about earlier on. Now she was a group treasurer and uh, she found herself blowing the whistle, uh, rightfully so, and uh, that obviously opened up a can of worms but we're going to get an understanding as to what sort of support is there. Uh, Penny thank you so very much for joining us. Hi Patricia, hi Cynthia. Cynthia, Hi, Penny. A very good evening to you, Cynthia. Thank you very much, Patricia. Thank you for having us this evening. So I'll start with you, Penny. Let's have a bit of a recap on our discussion last week, um, blowing the whistle without blowing your identity. I mean, uh, before we even get into this evening's uh, topic and conversation. Thanks for that, Patricia. I think last week's conversation was very important because... Um, with the spotlight on whistleblowers that we have in South Africa at the moment, and with the headlines that quite rightly are being dedicated to the adverse impacts that have been experienced by people like Cynthia, who we're going to be talking to right now, it's having a um, deterrent effect on people who need to blow the whistle and who could probably blow the whistle um, in a fairly safe way. So what we are doing last week is talking about the option of blowing the whistle but staying anonymous. And what's different about tonight is that we're talking about situations in which people have not been able to stay anonymous. Now this um, is often the case for people who are in roles or professions that I call um, either the guardians or perhaps the gatekeepers of an organization's integrity, its finance, its ethics and best practices. Um, so these people, they might be auditors, accountants, treasurers, and they could be human resources, they could actually be IT people, people working in ethics and governance and fraud. They're compelled in terms of their professional obligation to speak up openly when in the course of their duties they come across illegitimate activity. So for this group of people, it's the case that the core purpose of their job is to kind of protect the purse, as it were. And you're failing in that core role if you just allow um, the finances and integrity of the company to be corrupted. Um, so you can be derelict in your duty if you keep quiet, and you can also be disbarred from your profession. Um, you know, we spend so much time talking about state capture and the terminology sticks with us. But what is so important for people to understand is that state capture was a door opening process and that corrupt gains are basically procured through procurement fraud. So state capture is the gate opening process and the actual deriving of corrupt gains is through procurement. Now that procurement can be of services 
as um, was the case in uh, Cynthia's situation, or it can be the, the procurement of goods like PPE, as we've seen. But what we need is all people who have no option but to speak up openly, to be in a situation where they know they have support available to them, um, support that will guide them, preferably from as early on in the process as possible, and help them to manage those consequences. And so that's why tonight's topic is so important. Mm. Thanks, Patricia. And it's very important, um, Penny, and it is very interlinked to what we are going to be discussing this evening. Um, mm. Let me come to you, Cynthia. It, for for those who are saying, well, who is Cynthia Stipple? Um, what happened? Um, you know, give us your account. Because at the end of the day, you are a whistleblower that's made headlines, but a whistleblower that has had her life changed because you decided to take a step forward and uh, speak against the ills that were happening when you were at uh, the state-owned entity. Thank you, Patricia, and thank you to our listeners for tuning in tonight. Um, Patricia, if I have to just put it in a nutshell, it's a long story, but yes, I spoke out while at SA in the role that I had as a group treasurer. Basically, SA was sourcing funds and the normal way and the way it was in our procedures and approved procedures and policies was that we procure the funds when we're sourcing funds, that means we're borrowing funds from the banks. And here our board, our very board was interfering in that they didn't want us to go to the banks, but to go to a third party. And the cost of paying this third party we would normally pay the banks a percentage of uh, which is called arrangement fee um, for, for getting the funds. Here they wanted to pay this particular client, BNP Capital, 256 million rand for work that my team and my staff did um, at the cost of our salaries. And so for me, that obviously did not sit right. And hence, I tried to stop it within the organization and was unsuccessful, took it to National Treasury and eventually to a third party outer, and we managed to interdict and we stopped the funds from flowing to this third party. So the end result was, yes, I did lose my job. Um, and obviously, it changed the course of my career and my life going forward. But looking back, I'm very happy and still very proud that I did do it. And, um, and now my, my time is spent helping future whistleblowers that they don't suffer the plights um, that I suffered and many other whistleblowers suffered through, through losing their jobs. And we want to help and ease that pathway that it's not so harsh as the way we experienced it. Mm. Thanks. Mm. You know, when you give us the account of what your experience was, I, I see bravery and I note, um, you know, um, integrity. But then it was at the cost of your career, at the cost of your job and income. So when we say we want whistleblowers to be protected, we want whistleblowers to be 
to, to have a support system. Would this be far-fetched? Is it something that's still a dream in our country? Or can whistleblowers, especially those who have blown their um, identity because they believe so much in what they are doing, can they still um, you know, get the support that they so much need? You know, Patricia, that um, it's actually that it is still a far-fetched dream if one looks at in terms of our legislation at this point in time. We do have the legislation in place. And when one reads it, the Protected Disclosures Act, it, it, it reads very sound, you know. And there's a, a line that says that no, um, a person who discloses should not suffer occupational detriment. So it's that first point. You should not suffer through losing your job. But that is what happens, and it's still happening. Um, Where um, our help is coming in and where we can say it's not so far-fetched to change anymore because we have been lobbying for legislation to change, but not only whistleblowers have been doing it, many Civil societies have been doing it, like Outa, Corruption Watch, PARI, Ahmed Kathrada Foundation, Helen Suzman Foundation. So many of those type of civil societies have done it. What is closer now is that whistleblowers have recourse to full legal services, but in the end, they have to pay those legal costs. They suffer from their health, through mental health stress, sometimes even worse that you're going to need psychiatric assistance and um, you you lose financially. So there's this holistic um, that surrounds the, the whistleblower that they do suffer more than just occupational detriment. And that is what we're asking for in the Protected Disclosures Act, that all these other areas of suffering and detriments must also be put into the um, legislation, but there must also be solutions for those. So what we're proposing now is that we have to help whistleblowers. How can we allow, as we've seen with the state uh, um, state capture um, commission, is that so many whistleblowers have come forward And with that, we've discovered how deep and how wide the corruption network has has been ingrained in our society, in our corporations, in the state-owned entities, in the police force, in just everywhere in South Africa. And so, therefore, it was the whistleblowers who took the the personal risk to now try and, and bring all this to the fore. And therefore, we have to help them and find ways of helping them. Hey, teamers, we're in conversation with uh, Cynthia Stimple, who is a, a courageous whistleblower. She blew the whistle while working for um, SAA as a group treasurer and also a Penny Milner-Smythe of uh, Ethical Ways. We're raising the bar and we're talking about the support that whistleblowers can get if there is any out there. And giving an understanding, please do join in on the conversation. Give us your account. Have you ever blown the whistle and found yourself wanting because you were doing the ethical thing? Or have you ever been enticed? And yes, you can stay anonymous. Enticed and... you. 
you bit the the bait, you know. Um, also, don't be shy there. Or you were intimidated. Share those experiences with us so we can know what needs to be done for those who want to blow the whistle and are too fearful. Here's a message here that we just got uh, from an A-teamer who says, Business ethics, standards of conduct or moral judgment that apply to persons engaged in commerce. And they further say, I lost my job also for speaking out. I'm currently busy with my arbitration. Other whistleblowers like Babita Dukaran could, you know, lost, lost their lives. There's others who are still um, uh, hiding, even post-state capture, even in other institutions. Penny, how do we make sure that those who want to blow the whistle are not scared away by accounts such as that of Babita Dukaran and others who have lost their lives uh, from blowing the whistle? Thanks for that, Patricia. I, th I think for me, the most important thing when we look at situations um, um, like the, the most tragic situation um, of Babita, who was just doing her job. She was a person who was fulfilling her core obligation um, by speaking up. But I think what I want people to know is that you do not necessarily have to be a witness. We've got Cynthia here, who's someone that as South Africans, we owe a huge debt of gratitude to for speaking out, um, for saving not just that 260 million rand, um, but a whole lot more. Um, but there are many ways of speaking up without um, becoming a witness. Um, it's not a situation where the word whistleblower and witness should be synonymous. We should be able to be providing our evidence in a safe way in which the employer or the state or the authorities investigate and acquire evidence that is acquired in a way that protects the whistleblower. So that's really the starting point. We don't want people to be finding themselves dependent on some kind of witness protection program. Um, and I think maybe I can throw that back at Cynthia and say, um, you know, in her mind, um, once you get to the point of us needing um, a person to be in witness protection, that's really not a point we want people to find themselves in. Most definitely. Cynthia, before you respond to that, let me go to the lines. I've got an A-teamer here who's waiting, KGM. Uh, good evening, KGM. Good evening uh, to your guest. Uh, good evening to you, Patricia, and to my fellow listeners. Uh, allow me to just take two minutes to make your guest realize something that um, makes me very emotional. Um, I, I, I'm a victim... In, in, in many ways, but I'll give just three examples. I got to the Eastern Cape. We, we, we started a project which, which is well known in the country. Uh, we were kept hostage. And, and when I say we, it was not just me. It, it was me and, and the king uh, of, of that area. We complained. The, the best we got out of it was victimization, victimization at the highest level. Now, I'm talking the king. Maybe I'm a nobody, but this involved a king. Now, if a king can, can get that kind of treatment, you can imagine a so-called an ordinary person. The second one, I, I, got, I got hijacked. 
and and when when the whole ordeal was done, I, I went to the police, reported the case, and and the police sounded like your your guest. You know, the the question I wanted to ask was, has your guest ever been a witness? Has she been in a position uh, that she plays and and talk about so eloquently? Most of the people who talk eloquently about these things, they don't have the experience. Now, my point is this, and as a parting shot, uh, you know, it is one thing to have the law. It is one thing to have the system. It is one thing to say things that we say with our mouth, but it's another to experience it, to be part of it, to be in the deep end of the sea. When people are standing ashore and they're looking at you drowning, they, they are, it's very easy for them to say, you, you could, if he can do this, if she can do that. But if it were them in the deep end of the sea, they will understand how difficult that little wave looks like or feels like, not just looks like. You know, KGM, um, I'm going to allow Cynthia to respond to you in terms of her experience, but she was on our TV screens um, during the Zondo Commission. Um, she didn't just lose her job as, as um, you know, in her position at SAA as group treasurer, but she also had a lot of encounters with the law, publicly so. So I'm going to allow her to, to respond and perhaps put your mind at ease because I understand what you're saying, that when it comes to the law, sometimes we don't feel um, that th- th- there would be justice for those who will blow the whistle. And that I do understand and I respect that altogether. Can, can I say the last part? Go ahead. Here? Go ahead. The, the last part that I, that I wanted to, I'm aware of who she is. And, and the last part is actually putting the spanner into this whole thing. And it talks to the issue of justice. Justice in South Africa is is for for the those who can afford it. When when you can't afford justice, you you cannot be in a position. You see, I'm talking to you over the phone. There mm-hmm. are many victims who are unable to come on air like I can and, and narrate my story. Now, putting myself in her shoes uh, and and putting my, uh, myself again in the shoes of those who are not as privileged as me and her. That's the point I'm talking to, to say some mm. people don't have the ability to come to this level. Yeah. And those are the people that I would like your guest to, to focus on and, and give advice or direction, because those are the, in the majority as opposed to me and her and the few that are like us. Thank you very much, KJM, for your contribution. Cynthia and Penny, please just stay on the line for us. I need to take a quick break and we'll be back. Remember, A-Team, is, uh, this conversation is for all of us. We are trying to raise the bar. We are trying to make sure that uh, we, we we move into a light place, you know, where there is light in the end of the tunnel. We approach this issue of uh, corruption and unethical behavior in workplaces and communities um, head on. Uh, the number to interact with us on is 011-714-2006 or WhatsApp 0614104107. Late Night Conversations, Monday to Thursday, 10 p.m. till midnight. Social Conversations. We are raising the bar and uh, talking post-Zonder Commission uh, that has put a spotlight on all things corruption or anti-corruption and how we should be behaving. Uh, our guests are Penny Milner-Smythe of Ethical Ways and Cynthia Stimple, 
who is uh, the courageous uh, whistleblower. She was um, the group treasurer for SAA, blew the whistle, and we saw her publicly. Cynthia, I'm going to come to you. Please do respond to our A-team, KGM, who, who was asking a very pertinent question around how can those who are vulnerable, who don't have access uh, to uh, strong legal teams or finances, who are in the margins, how can they also feel the support um, within their vulnerability? Thank you very much, uh, Patricia. And thank you, KGM, for... Um, phoning in and raising all your concerns. I have extreme empathy for you and I totally agree with you. Yes, I may not have covered my full experience earlier on, but I I can fully, fully understand where you're coming from. So the question I'm going to go with is that what do we do for all those that do not have access like you and I had true legal. And this is exactly the path I've been walking on because I I was fortunate, and I'll say it again, I was fortunate to, to be able to have access to legal counsel, whereas my very colleague that sat in the office next to me didn't. And he was lost everything, his home, everything, because he thought he had enough evidence that the minute he got to his disciplinary hearing, he was dismissed. And that is totally unfair, and he doesn't have the means to take it further to the labor court. So what we're doing now, having come out of this a couple of years later, and having spoken to many whistleblowers and listening to their sufferings, their plights um, of what they've been through, is that we definitely need to have a place for whistleblowers to be able to go to where they can get assistance because the majority i believe in south africa right now and through the 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 past maybe 10 years already do not have this access so i've been working with a few people and we established the whistleblowing house we're calling it that so that it's something that stands clearly for anyone to listen to. And we're looking at a broad view of services that we can offer whistleblowers. So for instance, if a whistleblower comes to us, um, we will speak to them and say, um, and then give them or pass them on to a legal fraternity. To date, we've been doing some work behind the scenes. We have two whistle uh, two legal companies who said they will do it pro bono for us. So that for me, if I recall starting this conversation in 2019 with, with legal firms, they all told me, no, they need to be paid. To come to now 2022, and, I, and there's now two legal firms willing to work with us, tells me that people are really serious about fighting crime and stopping corruption in our country. The second thing we've done is we have spoken to um, the medical society and the psychiatric society and psychological societies, asking them to offer services on a pro bono basis, and they've agreed. So we're also looking at um, managing the risks associated around a whistleblower. So what are the risks that they would face? Chances are high of the financial loss, 
of their jobs and then subsequent to that losing either their homes or their cars or not even having enough money for food on the table which will impact the family and so we're looking at those areas where we can help the whistleblower in that respect so it's this um almost um holistic view of helping the whistleblower we have our website and uh, we will launch next week where there'll be a public launch and some adverts done around it so i'm hoping there's more people listening in and if you kgm can also advertise pe to people that this is we really need this type of um, assistance for whistleblowers we're starting it in Johannesburg first because that's where I reside and the, the, uh, the majority of us reside here. But for someone like yourself who would like to um, play a, a similar role in um, the Eastern Cape, we will work with you so that you then work through us to help people. The minute people come through you. So that's the type of people we're looking for. And so that throughout the country, we're able to help whistleblowers. Um, I agree totally what Penny said earlier on that um, most times it's unfortunate when we put our names out there and we get victimized and retaliated against. But if we can avoid it by putting our formal names there and report it so that someone else has to do the investigations and save that person from losing their lives, like Babita, like Lennox Garana, like many other whistleblowers that have been killed or assassinated. Um, it's something we need to start looking at for the future. So uh, this is what we're proposing as Whistleblower House. And really, I'm happy to take any questions around this issue. Thank you. Excellent. And I hope I answered your question. Excellent. Would you like to come in, Penny? Um, I'm just really looking forward to understanding, um, actually, from Cynthia, how this um, service, which is, sounds like a holistic service, um, is is going to be accessed by uh, whistleblowers. Um, whether people even considering blowing the whistle would be um, eligible for support. And then also how they are planning on funding such an ambitious project. Mm. You can come in. Thank you, Penny. Mm -hmm. Yes. So um, we've, we've drawn up sort of a life cycle map for the whistleblower, whereby the whistleblower will contact us. We will do a vetting of every whistleblower because we need to assess their needs and their data. And that's why I said that's the risk management process we will do around the whistleblower. And then obviously, whatever is the key, the most important need at the time, because some of them will come and say, I just need... Um, um, not even legal, they may just need financial or others may need um, uh, medical assistance. So it's that type of need that will be assessed. From how do we fund it? We already engaging international and local funders on this. And, and specifically, we, we, we're um, asking them that they can take a portion or 
as much as they are able to fund this organization. Because the way we see it, we need to give the funds to help the whistleblower to get his dignity back, to get back on their feet. So up front, depending that the, whatever's in the account and all this whistleblower needs is just to pay their bond this month or for the next three months. That's how we're going to calculate it. So it's going to be per whistleblower, per their needs, and how we can manage it. Obviously, there's some whistleblowers that will have huge legal costs, uh, depending on their case and how long their case has been, um, in the, the the public space and who um, they're fighting against, for instance. So you could have the bigger uh, Eskims and Transnets type cases of process. It's then how do we fund those? And there we're looking at specifically uh, for sponsors to fund only legal costs because then the smaller, the other money, we can then help the whistleblower get back on their feet, get back their dignity, be able to pay school fees, etc. So that's what we're looking at. Thanks. It's an absolutely holistic approach to supporting whistleblowers, and I love it. I love it. I think we need more and more support for such an initiative. Yes, very ambitious, but the ambition is in the right direction. Let me go to our callers. I've got Atima Pumzile on the line. Good evening, Pumzile. Uh, good, good evening, uh, how are you? Strong, how are you? Great, great. Uh, firstly, I want to appreciate the good work done by the two ladies. And, uh, you know, we find our country today in a situation where people are very much reluctant uh, to come up with serious information whether this information is directly uh, implicating government or is implicating local government or private sector. Um, you know, what happened with me, uh, uh, see that I reported, for instance, in 2018, 2019, a matter where on records of council in Koha, uh, reflecting on a financial report donation by councillors in the affluent areas, and it reflects on records, I can prove to you, records amount of the two councillors' donation to AFRI Forum. I went to the police, I opened up the case, I went on A, I rose these things, these things on A, on SAFM. Guess what happened later? Started to receive SMSs, WhatsApps, threatening me. Um, soon after that, I started to see bullets in plastic um, put in front of my doorstep. Went to the police. I, I registered this matter with them. Risk um, assessment, uh, security risk assessment was done. No protection services given to me. On the case of the AFRI Forum having received donation from this municipality led by a polit political party, not the ANC, um, a junior detective was assigned. The case did not go any anywhere. When I made inquiries of what happened to the case, I was given a number for, for, for Cape Town to call and get reasons there as to why the case did not actually proceed. I am saying there is that type of selectivity from our own law enforcement. Imagine if it was the ANC uh, money donated to the ANC by a municipality, 
reflecting on records, it would have been a cry loud sort of a situation. So I am saying even today, nothing happened to that case, and yet I can prove to you financial reports in which I don't know what type of an explanation was given to the Auditor General when such financial statements reflect donation to Afroforum by a councillor of Ward 3 and councillor of Ward 8 in Jeffrey's Bay under Koha Municipality. Sure. I find it very, very, very strange, you see. You know, Pumzile, I'm, I'm listening to what you're saying and uh, the concern is not only that you have blown the whistle, but also that you have had death threats. I think it is very important that, uh, you know, uh, an organization like Whistleblower House is there to assist you. I'm, I'm going to allow um, Cynthia to come in. Thank you for sharing this account. No, no, before, before she comes in, okay. let me quickly reflect that, you know, on the risk assessment which mm-hmm. was done, report was given to the Speaker of Council. Nothing happened. Provincial Court uh, NEC came in and intervened on the matter. Nothing was actually done. So I'm just saying to you, there is that type of selectivity that is taking place, which ends up exposing us, people who are actually to to expose wrongs that are actually being done at whatever level, whether it's private or public sector. Mm-hmm. Thank you very much. Thank you, Pumzile. Thank you very much. Cynthia, okay. please do uh, weigh in on what Pumzile has told us. His experience is one that uh, really boggles the mind that uh, something has been reported, there's proof for it, but absolutely nothing was done. It, it was just swept under the carpet. Thank you for that, Patricia, and thank you, Pumzile, for coming in with that. My, um, your experience has um, shown exactly the the way we are corrupt at every level. So your data, when you first reported it, was either kept aside and or, or not taken further for further investigation. This happens often. And um, again, there, this is where people aren't being held accountable. So they've taken your information, they've used you instead by and and coming back and threatening you that means you're the one that's now becoming the victim instead of the one who's raising the issue that these people have um been funding um or supporting uh, an organization like afri forum we is probably against their rules uh, it's not in isolation. What I'm seeing, and I'm sure everyone else who's watching what's happening in our country, is that this is a constant thing. So our police force, our SAPS, has, is also falling short in their duties of how they need to handle certain information that comes to them with total confidence and take it to the next level of reporting. Instead, it's either not assigned as we've witnessed now, and nothing happens with it. And um, for for the whistleblower house, we're looking at, so if that case, for instance, if you reported that case to us, we will find um, the legal fraternity to take it up and see if they can push and enforce in the SAPS of how to then find some sort of action from it. And then on the other hand is to find for you as 
Hmm. It seems we're, we're having uh, connection issues here, um, Cynthia, as you were talking. Uh, Cynthia um, Stemple and uh, Penny Milner-Smyth are both on Zoom, uh, so for some reason the connection has just dropped, but uh, Ben Zito is trying to get hold of them so that we can continue on this conversation. Um, let me read some of the messages that you have sent here via SMS. Uh, this one says, whistleblowers must be protected by the NPA, the police, the police undercover, and the courts. We are those. Where are those players? Because a whistleblower is a state witness. Another message uh, coming in here, and I wish Penny could hear this one because it's uh, very related to her. It says uh, the mining company I used to work for used to slap suits. Um, to ensure silence of individuals who wanted to stand up. I cannot mention their name for obvious reasons. Penny knows of my story. Maybe she can share it in uh, general terms. We emailed each other earlier on. Uh, please provide website details of the whistleblowers I'd like to assist uh, on the West Coast. Oh, the messages are just coming in. There's, um, there's also, I don't know, Ben, do you have them on back on? Still not on. So clearly it's a connectivity issue. Uh, this one is from Musa Lamini in Durban asking, is Cynthia's whistleblower house considering piloting a legislation like in the U.S. and as uh, hinted in the Zondo Commission to benefit whistleblowers with a percentage of the amount blown up? And uh, yeah, we're trying to get hold of Cynthia. We've only got about two minutes left before we have to go to the news. So hopefully we'll get hold of both Cynthia and Penny uh, telephonically since uh, the Skype line has gone down and we'll be able to get to you. I also see there are A-teamers that are holding on the line. Please be patient with us. We're going to take a quick break and once we get hold of them, we'll come back. I ask that you keep it short and sweet so our guests are able to respond. Hi, good evening, uh, Patricia. Good evening. Yes, um, happy Valentine's, people. <laughs> now, I wanted to respond to, I, 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 I listened to you late in the program. And I, I wanted to, 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 to congratulate Nancy for the, this wonderful initiative. Cynthia. Uh, in a country beset by corruption and greed. Yes, it's a wonderful uh, initiative. And I reckon that the whole world, the whole civilized world, will be eager to support this initiative. There are big agencies in the world like SIDA, S-I-D-A, the Swedish International Development Agency, the USAID, and, and, and other big international corporations and foundations who should be eager. And I want to be part of these uh, 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 soldiers who are here to, to safeguard our democracy, constitutional democracy. You know that there are people in some parts of this nation with mm -hmm. a, where there's a bunch of people calling for people to come back to government. The people who left their ministerial positions under a dark cloud of corruption. So, in other words, there are people who are determined to push forward and still continue this capturing business. So mm. I think that before you leave, before she leaves, Nancy, please, 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 leave your details, man. Yeah, we, she will I, do so. One of those soldiers. Excellent. Thank you very yeah. much, Patrick. Thank you. Excellent. Um, Cynthia and Penny, now that we've got you back up on Zoom, we will uh, give you um, an opportunity to respond and also give the contact details after the news. Please stay with us. It's a minute after 11. Let's go to Greg Coase, who's eagerly waiting to give you the final news bulletin. Good evening, Greg. Late Night Conversations. Late Night Conversations. Monday to Thursday, 10 p.m. till midnight.
Social Conversations. It's six minutes after 11. Uh, thank you very much, Greg Close, for the final bulletin. We're going to wrap up our conversation with uh, Penny Milner-Smythe of Ethical Ways and Cynthia Stemple, who is the courageous whistleblower from uh, SAA. She was the group treasurer. We're talking raising the bar. How do we shine a spotlight on uh, corruption, but also make sure that uh, whistleblowers are protected. Now, before the break, we had an A-team who called inhaling the work that you're doing, Cynthia, and just requiring you to give all the details. But before you give the details, there's there's a, a question here that uh, comes to you via WhatsApp. It says, hi, I am Musa Zamin in Durban. Is Cynthia's whistleblower house considering piloting a legislation like in the U.S.? And... Uh, as hinted in the Zonda Commission to benefit whistleblowers with a percentage of the amount blown. Thank you for that, Patricia. Thank you for the question, Mazadili, I think you said. Um, We're not looking at the legislation. We are going to be advocating for compensation. The laws, the whistleblower laws in the States, in the U.S., is called the False Claims Act, and they work under the Securities Exchange Commission, whereby if a whistleblower um, uh, obviously lays a charge or or speaks out against an organization that's listed on the Securities Exchange Commission, and they're able to recoup the money or stop uh, any fraud or corruption happening, they get a percentage of that, and it's easily between 15 to 30%. And that's why those whistleblowers have been paid out huge amounts. In South Africa, um, it's obviously organizations that would then have to be listed on our stock exchange, which at this point in time, I feel there's whistleblower, or we rather, are looking at these whistleblowers who may have stopped transaction or severe fraud that these organizations are not listed on the stock exchange. So hence... Um, you you cannot claim in that sort of percentage like the U.S. What we're looking at and requesting from government is to establish a whistleblower fund. And then every whistleblower should be compensated. So we're looking for compensation. So every whistleblower should be compensated for what they need um, to cover them, to get their dignity back if they've lost their homes, their jobs, etc. So there'll be some sort of criteria worked on, and then that sort of um, should be able to be where the claim can be for the whistleblower to be compensated. I hope that answers your question. Well, it, uh, I hope the ATM is satisfied with that response. There's a WhatsApp voice note here. All right, it doesn't seem like it is uh, ready as yet. But because of time, I'd like us to maybe wrap up our conversation. It's one that can go on and on and on. And it's a a very beautiful initiative that you have started, Cynthia. Perhaps for the benefit of our A-teamers, give us the web address. I know you're only launching it a bit later. uh, But also maybe contact details or an email where our A-teamers who are willing to assist can be able to um, get in touch with you. Wonderful. Thank you very much for allowing us to have this space, Patricia. So the website is called www.whistleblowerhouse.org. All in one word, whistleblowerhouse.org. And then the email directly will be info at whistleblowerhouse.org. 
and the the website is live you can go there right now you can go and check it out and also um register put in your questions or put in your name um if there's any queries or anything you want to say please put it on the website and you can send us an in, um, email directly under info at whistleblowerhouse.org. My cell number is 076-669-8829. Thank you. Excellent. Thank you so very much, Cynthia, for joining us. Penny, as we wrap up the conversation, I know next week is going to be another riveting uh, session of Raising the Bar, uh, but perhaps give us a teaser. What do we expect for next week, Monday? Well, Patricia, one of the things Cynthia did at SAA was um, to decline, uh, or should we say refuse to follow an instruction that she believed was unlawful or illegitimate. And it raises the question, um, should we always do what our boss tells us to do? Um, so next week, we're actually going to be looking at circumstances under which it is not appropriate to do what you're told to do. We're going to be looking at how um, our blind obedience, um, which is what's inculcated into us at various stages of our lives, actually can lead us into a great deal of legal trouble. So that's going to be our interesting conversation for job seekers, employed people, managers. Listen in. Thanks, Patricia. Absolutely amazing. I can't wait for next week's uh, conversation. Thank you so very much, Penny. And thank you so very much, Cynthia, for joining us this evening and shedding the light. I can't wait until Whistleblower House is up and running and uh, we can talk more with Cynthia. Ladies, have a good evening. Thank you so much. Thanks. Bye. A-teamers, I know we've eaten a bit of your time for the Clairvoyant Media Mondays and you're all eagerly waiting to start dialing that number 011-714-2006 to get your reading. Well, our Clairvoyant Medium is Ida Katsia, who's a spiritual master coach. She'll be joining us in just a bit. Start calling now, 011-714-2006 to get your reading. Let's go to a quick song. We need that interlude. We need to breathe a bit. We do need to breathe a bit. And that's what we're going to do now zonke tonight